everybody, welcome to Group Chat, your weekly podcast for everything disability. Today I have with me Jonathan Shah, Andrew Bredington, EBD, and Hello. David Cunningham. Hello. How are we today? Awesome. Oh, Fantastic. we're very good, thank you, what David. And... That's good, that's good. What are we, what are we talking about today, EBD? Oh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about a heavy uh, topic. Um, yeah, just for your discussion, this might get a bit sensitive. So we'll be talking about, you know, modern slavery when it comes to, you know, employment for people with disability. Uh, David, tell us more um, about this topic. Well, basically, apparently, apparently, some, um... today, apparently today's episode is going to be a three, three, Episode. That's right, because it's such a big three issue. Series episode. Yeah, I thought we'd kind of cover it across three episodes. Um, awesome. Please like and share. Big, big, yeah, right like, please like and share exactly. Yeah. Um, so this one is called the uh, challenge of modern slavery for people with disabilities. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the cutting uh, edge? You know, no, well, basically, well, like the, I can't believe it's still happening today, man. Yeah, I agree. Well, the thing is, I was, I mean, the, the, I, I've got some, got some discussion points we can actually go through, but this one could be good. Um, but actually, the, the first, like, what I'm about to ask you guys is, is, is what do you think the role of, of um, ADEs actually should be as an Australian disability enterprises, which are the, another, it's another word for, um, well, they used to call supported employment workshops or work, like the shuttle workshops. Um, because basically, like, I mean, their role is it's kind of a difficult, you know, question to ask. I yeah. wanted to ask you guys what you thought about that. Look, uh, look, uh, for, for me personally, you know, um, you know, I understand, you know, people uh, with disability, you know, they have a right to get into employment, but. You know, I, I I find that the government is going around in circles. Uh, when you agree with me on that, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I think what happens with a lot of these um, ADE enterprises is they advocate more probably for the employer than they do for the person with the disability. Um, and part of the problem is because is we don't really have our own kind of union or backing we're really kind of relying on the ADD, ade to advocate for us but what normally happens is they're on the side of the business and when we get assessed by some of these ad's on our um functionality for work they then assess how much they can pay us to some employers might go oh great look i've got this worker i can pay less than 10 bucks an hour because of his functional assessment so low by the ADE. Let's get them all in and work our factory line and then they reap in the profits. <laughs> so I think, mm. I think the current ADE system needs a bit of an overhaul. I think it's very telling that a lot of the ADEs don't have disabled members running the company or on their boards. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely need some kind of union movement or involvement or some kind of representation with these ADEs. For sure, for sure. Yeah, look, uh, for, also, yeah, for also talking, talking. Go ahead, David. 
But you said paying them ten dollars an hour. But doesn't the government also support the actual person that's employing them too? Um. Well, yes and no. Financially, uh, what what normally happens is they'll give a financial incentive to the business to hire the disabled worker. So that money then goes to the business rather than the employee. Um, so that's kind of the financial incentive. So it's a win-win win for the business. Exactly. Um, for example, um, I, I have an acquired disability. I've got ME, uh, myalgic encephalomyelitis. Um, I was doing a lot of admin work for TAFEs and unis, and I was getting paid around 30-ish dollars an hour. That's Went good. through the ADs, That's all right. and I got offered the exact same work that I was doing pre-disability for $10 an hour that I was doing $30 an hour. Oh, wow. That's a yeah. big gap. That's a huge gap. Exactly. And the only thing that yeah. had changed is, like, obviously I was disabled, so I needed more rest and maybe a bit more access stuff, which you would think the money from the government would go to the business to support, to get that stuff in place for me to work. But no, they use that to get uh, cheap labour. <laughs> so mm. That's awful. That is awful. I find, the, I find the process as well is a bit daunting. Uh, you know, you go in there, you have an assessment, uh, you go into those uh, employment service providers. They uh, barely find you any work. And then they tell you, okay, radio, come back in two weeks' time. It's so just a cycle. It's a continuous cycle. Well, I'm, I'm glad like you mentioned you said that, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go. Yep. No, no, go for it, Andrew. I'll just say I agree with you. It's No, no, no. I was going to say... Um, those employment agencies also get a commission for the government for each job role they put you in. Or yeah, they can choose to park you in the system and say that they're continuing to find you work and earn money that way by parking you. So my experience was is I would come in to the um, DES provider completely fatigued, like passing out on front of their desk. And then they said, look, I can't up to work you're too fatigued i'm not going to offer any jobs for you but they're still earning money from the government even though i had found jobs to apply for and the businesses said yep cool just get the des person to sign off on it and we'll give you a part-time job and i i called the manager and he's like no nah, i haven't heard anything from these guys in six months so they either park you and earn money that way or you find the job yourself, and then they claim the money from you finding the job yourself. But they don't actually do any of the work. Exactly. Spot on. We're just the money makers, man. That's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. That's what I've realized. If I was, try I was trying to look for work, they just uh, they couldn't find nothing. I'm still waiting there, waiting. They're earning their money, but I'm not. Mm. There's, a, like there's a huge gap in the system. Everyone's earning money off of us except us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what's your thoughts on, on that point, John? Go back to Jonathan. Um, yeah, look, for me, uh, honestly, the system itself needs to change. It needs to change quick. 
You know, people just really yeah. out there working in factories earning like two dollars an hour. It's just not right. And plus yeah, the cost of living is going up. Sometimes less than two dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, and also that's been there since nineteen um eighty six as well. So, yeah. so they've been paying two dollars an hour or under at times for since back then. And it hasn't changed properly really. See, like, people are just really unbelievable. The problem is sometimes you gotta really... think about it. Oh, sorry. I they felt a sort of sometimes use the actual explanation, like the excuse that if they give you more, then your pension will be cut off. Yeah, exactly. And they don't want to disturb your pension. Um, so, so, guys, when I mean, looking at an actual like um, like minimum wage, then do you think that, that that's something we should be, or we all should be actually pushing for, and to make sure we actually can actually be entitled to that? Because I think it's a rather pressing point, especially when it comes to you know us being seen, all of us being seen as as, as equal within within such you know, enterprises. I mean, I think that they should be giving us a, a, a decent, adequate, you know wage for a decent day's work especially now that the value of money has gone up since 1986 it's kind of very significantly i yeah. mean two dollars back in the 80s was okay but we're living you know in the in today in the 2000s you know the value of money has gone up significantly well the problem if is you're gonna oh, if you're gonna pay these people this ability low money they won't be able to survive mm, mm. And the, the problem is, is like, why are disabled people viewed as it's okay they earn less than an able-bodied person for the same hours of work, even though we probably have yeah. higher... When you think about it, we're working harder than the able-bodied Mind you, I think, I, I, I realise people with disability do a better job than a person with disability. Mm. Because they put more effort into it, and and the problem they is they tend to be more productive. Sorry, yeah. Go ahead. With with the SWS, so how they assess you is they'll assess you working over three days, and let's say first day they assess you at one hundred percent, you'll get the exact same wage as an able-bodied person. But then, oh well, take my disability for example, like. First day, I could probably do 100%, but then I've got the post-exertional malaise. So next day, I might only be able to do 20% of that capacity. And then on day three, I'll be bed-bound and won't be able to work at all. So they put a zero for that. So then they calculate that up together. And on those three days, they might go, okay, well, Andrew's got 10 or 5% capacity, which means I would earn 10% of what an able-bodied person would in the exact same role. Now, another loophole these employers use is the minimum that you can be paid on this uh, through this scheme is $95 a week, which I think over 35 hours a week or five days, I think I worked out to $2.70 an hour or something like that. Yeah, yeah, wow. And this is all set up by Fair Work, so it's all perfectly legal. <laughs> um <laughs> It's on a cup of coffee now.
What the language? <laughs> yeah, I know it is outrageous. Uh, what the language? But uh, you said a cup of coffee? Yeah, a couple? Less than a cup. Not coffee. even one cup of coffee. Yeah. Less than a cup of coffee. Not even a cup of latte. <laughs> Maybe just the fourth <laughs> at the top. Maybe <laughs> baby chino. <laughs> I'm about to buy a coffee, and I'm up in the whole day. Jack's yeah, aside, he says it's got to change. It's got to change. So I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because this is an area I've been working in, this modern slavery kind of area. I run a Facebook page called 88 Days and Counting. We, um, we mostly advocate for migrant workers on the working holiday visa, but they were experiencing similar forms of exploitation through... Um, the visa scheme. So they were getting paid $4 an hour in some cases to pick strawberries or tomatoes and that kind of thing. So since about 2015, uh, myself and a few other advocates uh, pushed for the introduction of the Modern Slavery Act in Australia, uh, which I gave evidence at in Mildura in I think 2017 or something. Um, and quite noticeably, we had lots of different migrant groups, refugee groups, um, and other cultures, uh, communities, sorry, that experienced modern slavery. But we didn't have one disability liaison or anyone representing disability speaking at the modern slavery, the inquiry to establish the Modern Slavery Act. Um, so that was very concerning for me. Um, also with the agricultural work that I do, a lot of these kind of awards where it's based on this very capitalistic notion of performance of, well, how much can you pick or how much can you perform? And that's what we're going to pay you, which is what the old peace rate system was under, usually leads to these high forms of exploitation. And this is exactly what's happening with the ADEs and this SWS system is it's all based on how much performance. Hey, Andrew. Andrew, it could be it could be useful. It could be, it could be useful. Sorry for that, but it could be useful to explain what SWS means. Oh, sorry, supported wage for, scheme. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so this yeah. supported wage scheme is based on performance rather than an hourly rate. Um, so if you don't perform enough, being the person, which is ridiculous to a person with dis disability, because you're asking them to perform at a rate comparable to able-bodied people. And then you're saying, oh, well, because he's not meeting the able-bodied person's rate, we're going to underpay him because that's what our society deems is worthy, which is complete BS. But then that's why you get yeah. all these factories that set up that underpay workers because they're like, well, I'm not going to employ able-bodied workers to do this job when I can get disabled workers to do it for four bucks an hour. So, Or less. And also, just sorry, guys, the other point, but it's like, Stuff like two, like today, like is that? I mean, it's it's only really a job that I mean, it's not all of us that you wish to actually that you that you do this like a, a role, and some of which are even actually like put in there because there's no other option like for us from from, the, from our support coordinators or for other people who, and who look after our needs, and they basically say, well, you want something to do here, go and do this. When it 
it should be about exploring what we're wanting to do with our, our careers and our and our work lives as well. I mean, it's not always an option for everyone. Well, yeah, it's, it's, viewed in, it's viewed as oh, well, we'll give them something to do. Doing the work is giving them something to do, and that enriches their life because they got something to do. But it's modern slavery because we should still be able to work and earn the same amount as an able-bodied person and then use that money to either get off the DSP or get off benefits or start a family or buy the things that we need to buy, you know. Um, so it's not actually helping anyone except the businesses and the government that earn money off us. Yep, yeah, exactly. We have the right to live well, a normal it, life. It, 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 it actually takes what, what, what you could say. You could say it takes away from the attending to work to overseas. Mm. Yeah. Why send the overseas when you can get the cheap rates here? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, like so, so guys, when it comes to consultation and, and representation and like unions and for the um the modern slavery act and also for being part of the uh, supported wage. And, and I mean, I mean, I mean, what do you what are our thoughts on that? Because I think it's important we do get representation in this area as well, and that we do actually be consulted. Because consultation, oh, yeah, of course, of course. For this, we, we need, so, we yeah, need so. No, I'm just saying, uh, before you talk, uh, Andrew, we do yep. need representation. You know, we do need to people to represent. You know, people with disability in our society. Um, yeah, because this has uh, gone. Way overboard since what you said, like you mentioned, uh, Cunningham, since the 1980s, yeah. And uh, yeah, look, like I mentioned before, things have got to change, they have to change. I was gonna say, ironically, we do have a disability union, or they claim to be a disability union, they're called the Australian Services Union. And you go onto their page, and we go, We're the disability union, but it's only for. <laughs> disability workers or support workers or uh, support coordinators, those kind of people, not actual disabled workers, which I thought was a bit hilarious. And um, I, I just did a tour of Trade Hall here in Melbourne recently, and they have a list of all the important movements in Australia up in their new museum, one of which was uh, they had the feminist movement, gay rights movement, uh, different workers' movement but no disability movement in there, even though disability movement is important for the workers' movement because I like to say we're all just temporarily able. We don't know what's going to happen in our lives uh, where we could end up getting a disability either through work or through other means. Um, There was one girl with a working holiday visa. She lost both her hands in a meat factory and couldn't play the violin anymore, found ourselves herself being disabled uh, through the working holiday visa scheme. Um, but because she had a disability, she couldn't, you can't then continue the working holiday visa scheme because they don't allow for disability. And then also, you know, you're then having to deal with disability employment services and all of this kind of stuff. So it's a really important workers' rights area. And you have this system in Australia where there's a two-class system. You have the able-bodied people that earn a living wage and all the entitlements that come with it and then disabled people who are being treated as second-class citizens in modern slavery-like conditions where they're getting paid so low and so little. Um, and some of they also end up dying in some of these kind of... Um, fact, I think there was one in um, South Australia or someone that died doing one of these factory work kind of jobs or something, you know? 
Um, and wow. then, you know, it's too low to even earn super on, so you're not going to get any super. So, but it is a shame, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, something definitely needs to be done. Um, and I, I think some of the solutions would be to expand the Modern Slavery Act to include disabled enterprises and disabled people facing modern slavery um, mm. and strengthening it so that Australian disability enterprises have to report to the Modern Slavery Act as well. Um, but currently... Oh, I've got a question. I've got a question. If we do do that, mm. would that get less people that are disabled, have disabilities being hired? I don't think so. I think that's what they will threaten. This is what so, happened. For, for example, for example, 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 I'll be saying, oh, why would I want to hire someone that's got a disability and pay him as much as someone that has, is playing the, like, got all, all senses. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, we need to advocate. We need yeah. more advocates out there. We need people to really advocate, you know, for workers' rights, uh, pretty much. Um, unions should be uh, consist of people with disability. More people with disability should be out there, you know, representing those yeah. that do have a disability. I, I just wanted to respond to what David D said, because I often heard this kind of excuse with farmers, which was like, well, if we start paying all the migrant workers the same as Australians, then, you know, the migrant workers aren't going to have jobs or we're, we're going to be forced to automate or whatever. And then my counter to that was, well, are you saying your industry is held off on automation because labor has been so cheap that <laughs> automating? Um, and I also said, also, um, fact is the supported work system can be set up in a way that supports people with disabilities. It's meant to pay half of the person's disability wage to the employer in the first one or two years. So there's already an incentive for employers to hire disabled people properly. Where it gets messy is where they do this assessment system where they deem, oh, well, you only have to pay half of $10 because we've deemed his functionality at, you know, 10% or whatever. Yeah. All they need to do is lift it to a living wage, keep the supported work system in place, and employers will still hire disabled people because they still get that incentive from the government to help modernise their workforce. Um, but also, if you look at modernising workforces where we have to say each workforce has to accommodate for disabled workers or disabled people, and you need to get your building and business practices up to accessible standards, similar to like what we're asking for the housing industry to build accessible homes, you need to be doing the same things for the workforce. And then there's, there's no difference between, oh, well, I'm not going to hire this disabled person to disabled body person because you don't have the barriers there. But also, if we strengthen things like the Disability Discrimination Act, when employers do do that, they can get sued and fined for not being compliant. I just thought I'd address that. So, yeah, um, so, so guys, then, I mean, do, do we all think we could actually cope with the situation ourselves if it was affected to us? I mean, do, do, because do, I, mean, I mean, I know I couldn't actually stand to be in such a, a uh, you know, No. The simple thing. answer to that, no. We won't yeah. be able to, I think, survive. Uh, sorry, David. Could we all cope with having to deal with this type of workplace uh, 
situation ourselves, the way yeah. forward, the no. possible solution? What are your thoughts, David? It was basically... Uh, well, I've, I've been through it. I've been through it. You want to share your experience, David? And I've worked for... I'm like, it's slave labor. You just, you just work and do the same thing over and over again like you're a machine. Yeah. And yeah. You see, when I, when I got into the system, when I joined the employment service provider, the one job I avoided was the factory work. Now, I went to university and I studied and I got degrees, degree after degree. And I didn't go to study just so I can work for 16 hours in a factory and get paid $2 an hour. Mm. That's all right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that, I, I would like to point. utilize my skills, my knowledge, you know, in the workplace, just like everybody else. I, I only... I only start to work like that because to, to, to occupy time until yeah. I got, my, got myself and got my feet on the ground properly. Because I was just uh, come out of a, just become blind from a car accident. Now I'm getting back on my feet and to, to occupy my time. But then, then later on, well, I haven't got a job now, but I've got NDIS and they helped me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. And we, like, we, we, we'd like to utilize it somehow. Guys, some final thoughts, if we'd like to? I, yeah, um, Andrew, any final thoughts? Oh, okay. Um, I think we shouldn't have to experience facing these types of workplace expectations. And I know for me, I'm, I'm autistic as well. It makes it a bit hard to self-advocate when you put in those sort of situations. Yeah. And especially when, in a, when your a, the ADE isn't advocating for you or is on your side. So I honestly think the solutions are going to be political. Um, I helped change the Horticultural Award 2020 just this year, um, which got rid of um, some of these slave rates, um, which was the peace rate. Um and introduced a minimum wage on the floor for the peace rate. Um, now, we were able to do that by because Fair Work Australia modernises the award every four years and then supply and give evidence and count and cross-examine people that were for the modern slavery. Uh, also, I think setting up a gang master is similar to what the UK has done, where you can report instances of modern slavery. I think... Disabled people need a similar line where they can report that and say, hey, I'm working 10, 12-hour days. I'm only earning $4 an hour and I'm getting seriously sick and injured from this. Um, and expanding things like the wage theft laws that Victoria now have and Queensland now have, uh, make that na national uh, mandatory manslaughter laws um, and also mandatory um, maiming laws. So when people do become further disabled or disabled through their workplace, employers are held liable criminally and financially. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it's got to come through disabled, more disabled people speaking out, saying, hey, this is a problem. We are in slave-like conditions. The Modern Slavery Act needs to cover us. Um, and yeah, just go from there. No, that's also some very good points, Andrew. You know, look, if, if you can't self-advocate, then, uh, yeah, look, uh, join a community, you know? Join a community of people who are willing to yeah, advocate for this. Build that movement, you know? Start the ball rolling. Uh, we need, need to start a disability union where actual disabled workers... 
Yeah, more of a presentation for people to really, you know, mm. people need to get out there, you know. Yeah, Sally McManus, come on, you've got the funding at the ATCU, <laughs> represent us. To say we should do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fund yeah. our disability. <laughs> And it'll be, oh, it'll, it'll be a Australian Disability Union, mm. and that will be accessible through the internet. That way, because some people can't get there mm. to be represented, and also, also we should talk about minimum wage and and how much is it going to affect people with disabilities pensions. Bob Bob yeah. Bork started DSP originally with thirty hours a week because he said your disability doesn't disappear just because you got a job. But successive Labor and Liberal governments introduced more restrictive, stupid rules for the DSP that have completely effed up the whole working with on the DSP thing. Um, yeah. yeah. They need to fix it's that. It's corrupted the system. But maybe we can talk about that episode too or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, come out, we, we can talk more about part. that next week, actually. Yeah. Do you that, next good. week? Yeah. <laughs> All good. But for now, you'll be watching Grip Chat, your weekly podcast on everything disability. Join us next week as we, I guess, uh, dig into this uh, topic, talk more about it. But for now, goodbye. Thanks, guys.